Hello, dear friends, it's Carly, and welcome back to another episode of the I Learned Podcast. I cannot even tell you how excited I am to be making this episode. I, I have undergone what feels like a nearly impossible transformation in these last seven days, and I could not be more excited to be sharing it with you here. I feel very, very, very passionate about everything I'm about to say, so I have no idea where my excitement is going to run off in this episode, but I trust that it'll be my best effort to deliver this message about emotion management is ultimately what it boils down to for me. If you listen to this, to the episodes, the, you know, 70 episodes of this podcast so far, emotion management comes back to the top of what we're talking about. Maybe every episode, I don't know, like pretty much regularly. And you have no idea how blown away I am by what I learned this week about how the food that we eat, the food that we choose to to eat at each time we have a meal, those choices affect our emotion management. I have never before known for myself the connection between these two. And I think for me, the closest I got to recognizing the connection was when I eat healthy, I have more energy, maybe I'm more active. And when I eat healthy and I'm more active, I have more confidence. I have more self-esteem. I feel better about myself. And I really thought that was the extent of like, I'm proud of the choices that I'm making because I'm making good choices. And that being proud of myself did have an uplifting effect on me. And I thought that was the extent of the effect the food we choose to eat has on our body. And I come to this episode in total naked authenticity like I always do. And I have to start by saying, knowing what I know now, I do experience shame about the way I was eating up till a week ago. And (laughs) I don't know what to do with that other than make different choices now going forward, knowing what I know now, I get to decide every single time I take food into my body, I get to decide what it is. So the fact that I do know what I know now, even though I'm ashamed of how I used to be, I don't have to be like that anymore, you know? Um, so that's, that's really the, the extent of me processing my shame, plus putting it out on these episodes like I do. I will say the just like the name of the episode fit to fat to fit um that is a, it's a whole brand of a guy by the name of Drew Manning and I experienced it as a YouTube video of a full episode of a show that originally <clears throat> originally aired or was made and aired on Lifetime so I'll put the link to season one, episode one. You can watch it for free on uh, YouTube. 
I, I cannot, I cannot carve out a wide enough space to let it sink in when I say watching this show changed my life. This happened seven days ago and it was an instant, it was an instant transformation because what it did was got me to look at food in a completely different way. And the approach that they took to repositioning fitness and health and all of that, it just spoke to me. So I'm going to like recap it a little bit for you here. Uh, because again, all of this in the end comes back to emotion management, which you know is like my, my cross that I carry around and I preach over and over and over is like, we can't find happiness and fulfillment in this life if we're not managing our emotions. And the food I was eating was making it that much harder to be able to manage my emotions. The food I was putting into my body was causing such crazy emotions. And then I'm over here with no coping skills to manage those emotions. And yeah, the result is, is severe mental health problems that I've gone through throughout my life. And as I look back, I absolutely believe that the food I was choosing to eat, which consisted a lot of fast foods, um, or convenience foods of some sort. So not fresh, not whole, not close to the earth, you know, highly processed. And I didn't think anything of it. Like I'm, I'm probably what the industry calls like a skinny fat person. I have a decent metabolism and my build just kind of, it doesn't grow really quickly. So I can eat junk and not see it reflected on my body and think that, oh, okay. So I'm in the clear. And then I look at this fit to fat to fit show and I watch, you know, 10 episodes and now eight more episodes. And I am taking in the patterns of watching them go through these transformations. So I'll, I'll start with Drew's story and how he came up with this concept, which I just absolutely love his approach. It's so inspired. He was a trainer and had failed to help his heaviest clients get in shape. And most impactfully for him was his brother-in-law. And he had tried and tried and tried and just could not help his brother-in-law lose weight. No matter what he did, it just didn't work. And so he got the idea that he was actually the common denominator in why it wasn't working, his approach, something in his approach was wrong. And to learn what it was, he spent six months gaining 75 pounds. He stopped exercising altogether. He had a completely sedentary lifestyle, meaning he did as little movement as possible. And he copied the diet of his heavy clients. He ate a lot of fast foods. He ate a lot of sugar. He ate a lot of donuts, drink pop, like went hog wild, like thousands and thousands and thousands of calories every day. So that in six months he had gained 75 pounds and he had lost all of his muscle definition. He's got a beer belly. I mean, seriously, check out the show. I can't even, I can't celebrate it enough. And then from that place of being 75 pounds heavier and having no stamina, no endurance, 
from that place, he trained his brother-in-law and they both lost the weight. And the missing component to his approach was empathy about what it's like to be in that starting point of having extra weight on your body, not having the strength and endurance that's built through a lifetime of working out. Um, and if you have no stamina and your body's really heavy, any amount of exercise is miserable and sugar and greasy food and all of that stuff is addictive literally addictive, like the exact same as crack, like heroin, like eating sugar is addictive. So when you try to cut it out of your diet, it calls you like the cravings, the, the blood sugar crashes that tell you, you need to eat something. Um, and then you reach for more sugar, you reach for more carbs and you put that back in there and then you like, okay, you feel better. And then a few hours later you have another crash and it's a awful, horrible cycle that I so recognized inside of myself. And so he, he develops this whole idea of fit to fat to fit and went through this process of his own free will just to help his brother-in-law and really all of his heavy clients. And he wrote a book, he published this theory and from there got this television show where the show is other trainers from all over the U.S. going through that same transformation. They spend four months to try to gain 25 to 30% of their body weight. They don't exercise. They burn as few calories as possible and they gain as much weight as possible in that time. And then from that place of putting on all that weight and losing all their endurance, then they train their training partner or their client and they try to lose the weight together. And mostly it's successful and sometimes it's still not. And it's interesting to watch the people who like the heavy ones who still aren't successful, even in an experiment like that. And you really get to see the emotional hold that food has on pe people. I would say I'm probably in that category. Um, binge eating has been a part of my life, basically my whole life to the point where it was so normal to have a food binge basically every day. That's just kind of how I ate was like, you know, don't eat all day long and then eat like 4,000 calories in one sitting and then go to bed like that. That was very normal for me, uh, <laughs> various variations of that. And again, it was so normal that I didn't even think anything about it. And watching this show, watching people who are in shape and who eat a healthy diet, they eat clean foods. That's what their body is used to. Their body is used to running on fuel. It's like a car. You're supposed to put gasoline in the gas tank and these trainers are humans who put gasoline in the gas tank and you see how much energy they have, how good their attitudes are. They're like, they're trainers. They are bebopping and bouncing all over all day long and they love it and they shine doing it. And then you watch them gain the weight and it's the same cycle. Every single person goes through the same fucking cycle and in it, I witnessed my whole life and I get emotional because I did it to myself because I didn't know any better. But 
they go through this phase where the first week or so, maybe sometimes just the first meal, they're so excited. They're so excited to get to splurge and binge and eat all the things that they don't ever get to eat. They're going to have donuts and they're going to have chicken wings and they're going to have ribs and they're going to have barbecue sauce on everything. They're so excited. And most of them throw up after the first time that they eat because they do, they sit there and they order all this crap and they put it in their body. And then a lot of them throw up because it makes them physically sick. One chick, she threw up the whole four months. She could barely keep down food like that because her body rejected it, like literally vomited it back up and said, you put sugar in the gas tank. You put water in the gas tank. You put Mountain Dew in the gas tank. Like this is not food. And they vomited it back up. And the other piece, the next piece that happens is their body gets used to it. And that's when the cravings start. That's when they're driving down the road and they're like, Ooh, that cheesy nacho taco thing at Taco Bell. That sounds so good. And so they go to Taco Bell and they get one. And the chick is literally sitting there, the trainer chick who's trying to gain weight. She's like literally sitting there and she's like, the first time I had this, it made me throw up. And now I just was craving it. And so I came and got it. And it's like the most delicious thing I've ever tasted, (laughs) which is just disgusting. Um, and opening at how quickly our body adjusts to what we put in it. Um, Like when we start trying to survive on fast food and sugar and, you know, like even people who are like, I don't really eat fast food. Like, okay, but the amount of what you're putting in your food that you're preparing or the amount of frozen stuff or like all kinds of ways that, you know, just because you're not getting it from a drive-thru doesn't mean that it's automatically healthy. Um, one chick on one of the documentaries I watched this morning said, if you're eating something that has a barcode on it, you need to seriously think twice about it. (laughs) And I was like, fuck, like that's like everything, you know, that's like, you basically have to eat out of the produce department and like the fresh meat department if you're into that. And that's like kind of it. So yeah, it's very interesting to think about how normal it is that we eat like this, that we live like this, that like, and I'm, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about like before this past week, I was eating fast food, like probably three, three times a week, maybe on average. Um, at times I go through phases where it's way less than that. At times I went through phases in my life where it was way more than that. So I've been kind of all over that spectrum. And it's also funny, like as I was watching this, um, it sparked a conversation about my deep, deep wide knowledge about the best cheesy breadsticks in the fast food industry. Like I can tell you that pizza huts are some of the best, uh, the prepped and ready to go ones at little Caesar will change your life. Uh, Papa John's not really that good. Um, not so I, I'm like, why do I have all of this knowledge? Why is this what I know how to do? And yet when I want to eat healthy, quote unquote, like I'm at a loss. I just, it's so normal that we don't possess healthy eating. It's got me thinking about, you know, what we're teaching in schools to kids. Like, I just, I think it's like, we literally don't know any better. And as much as I've watched like weight loss transformations and 
like the show The Biggest Loser, which is run for many seasons on, I think it's NBC that makes that show, um, which is heavy people losing weight and getting healthy and all of that. And that's been inspirational for me, like no doubt about it, weight loss transformations, but watching a weight gain experiment was fascinating because after they got used to the fast food and started craving it, it, for most of them, it got a lot easier to eat it. It got like the cravings basically spoke for themselves and you went and got what you were craving, which was another couple thousand calories and ate that too. And every single one of them at two months, if not sooner, has hit a wall where they're now depressed. They are napping, they're sleeping in, they're, they're just laying down, they're, they don't want to go anywhere, they don't want to see anybody, they are fighting with their spouse, they're not engaging with their children, they're like, that's where they all were at two months. The food had taken its toll and created brain fog and depression and like just zero energy, like wake up in the morning, have no energy to do anything. And then you eat a bunch more of the stuff that made you sick in the first place. And it just, the cycle continues because you don't have the energy to get up out of the cycle. Um, and so that was where they put themselves by the end of it. They are miserable. They are, none of them want to eat it. They're like having to choke it down. They're only doing it because they want to hit their weight gain goal. They're sick. They're just sick with this food. Like you watch the food literally poison them. And I don't know if I'll ever eat fast food again. I, I genuinely don't want it. It, I no longer, I've, I've thought about a Dairy Queen blizzard one time this whole last week. And that's been it. Like watching that, that food is like literally toxic to our body and our emotions being depressed and anxious and the self-loathing and the low energy and the not wanting to engage with other people, that isolation that comes with it, like all of that, I thought that that was me. I thought that I'm just a depressed person. I'm just, I just suffer from melancholy. I literally like have done research on what it means to have a melancholy personality because I do and I don't. (laughs) That's such bullshit. I fed myself toxic crap basically up until a week ago. Like every other time I've tried to get healthy and eat healthy, it's always been about what my body looks like. And I've, I've struggled with my own body image issues basically my whole life, um, which is a talk for another day. But every single time I've tried to engage with healthy eating, it's been about creating an exterior transformation. And this time, and what fit to fat to fit has demonstrated for me is that healthy eating is an emotional transformation first and foremost, if you have any hopes or any desires of it being a lifelong lifestyle that like, you know, like transitioning your body back to expecting gas in the gas tank. And this last week has been the most successful I have ever been with healthy eating um, because it's coming from a place of like, like pure hope. I mean, if I've managed to 
increase my positive attitude this much while still eating the crap food, like still putting nasty stuff in my gas tank? What is possible if I'm no longer limiting myself with like giving my body food that now it's got to like work through in a way that is detracting from my health instead of adding to it? Like, what if I was cooperating with what my body actually needs? You know, like, I'm one of the most recent days that I started counting, which I've never, never even tried to, like, intentionally focus on this behavior and, like, curb this behavior. But I mentioned my history with binging food. And today if i success well when i successfully make it to the end of today it will be day 9 of no food binges of giving myself the food that i need to fuel my body and not emotionally or mindlessly consuming other food just for the fun of it that's literally what my food binges are, basically. They almost exclusively happen while I'm watching TV. Um, it is a very mindless activity, and it is entertainment, basically. And the documentaries I watched this morning have been very interesting. I'll link all of them as well. They're um, all free on YouTube also. Um, but the effects of like salt and sugar on just our brain in general, um, have been fascinating. Like just tasting salt and sugar, you want more of it. And basically like we as humans will, like, if you don't check yourself, you'll eat more of it until your stomach pops. So at some point your body has to tell you, stop eating this. And basically like we overeat or we, I'm, I'm talking about me. I overeat so much that I really resonated with what they said about like when you're a chronic overeater, you've basically stamped out your body's ability to tell you when you're full. And that, I mean, yeah, I don't have a full, I can eat until I'm like so top heavy that I just like fall over and go to sleep, which is just, again, I have shame about that behavior and I'm not trying to shame anybody else who might be identifying with what I'm saying. I am very much owning my own emotional experience in this moment. Um, and at the same time, empowering myself to say like, but I do know now. And the fact that I know now means I can make a different choice going forward if that's what I want. And I want, <laughs> I want a lot. So this is obviously a very new part of my journey. Um, the other days I count, um, I've mentioned a couple of them along the way, um, which I think it all very much plays into an organic process of transformation. Like, like it's not just a random idea that I grabbed a hold of and I'm trying to force myself into it. All of these days that I'm now counting, um, have been, changes that have felt inspired and like taking a step forward. Like for instance, today will be day 49 of no alcohol. And that felt like an inspired step forward. Like I literally had identified the sensation that when I drink, it feels like a step backwards. And 
then when I like the alcohol wears off and like the next morning, like I have to make up that ground from that step I took backwards. And I don't really want to take the step backwards. Like, I think I'm just going to try for a little while, like not doing that. And that's 49 days ago. Um, so that was the first one. That was where it started. And two days into not drinking, I had the energy and the inspiration to be inspired to look up a bedtime yoga thing. And I picked one that was 12 minutes long because I didn't want to spend a ton of time. I was not that energized. Like, let's, let's be honest about what that was. But, um, the next day I was like, huh, that 12 minutes of stretching and gentleness and just kind of like rocking my body and being in my body. That felt really nice. Like, I think I'll, I'll carve out another 10 minutes today to do that. So that was 47 days ago that I've been doing that every day, 10 to 15 minutes inside my body, moving my body. And for the first time yesterday, I did what I would call more of a high intensity, like workout, quote unquote, like tried to get my heart rate up. Um, definitely pushed past my limits of comfort and ease and gentleness, which I've been marinated in for the last like 47 days. Um, but it felt really good. And it felt like I have the energy for this. And my body called me like, like, Ooh, what a cool little patch. And we walked over there and like down to this hill. And I was like, this is such a nice place. And I turned around in this big hill and I was like, I want to run up that hill. And so we did, uh, eight times. And it's like that. It's like, I didn't force it on myself. It just naturally was expressed as a desire. I want to run up that hill. And so we did. So that was amazing. Uh, today will be day 11 of meditation. Meditation is also something I've resisted all along the way. That's a story for another day. Um, but after you know, 49 days of no alcohol, 47 days of yoga and exercise, the meditation, it was just like this logical next step. And it came the same as the others with like one day I'm like, Ooh, meditation sounds really nice. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna step into that for a few minutes. And I did about 10 minutes. And the next day I'm like, that really did feel really good. I think I'm going to carve out the 10 minutes to do it again today. And that was 11 days ago. And then same with the food binge, <clears throat> that one, I actually was like already on day three. I was in the middle of day three when I realized that I hadn't had a food binge in a couple of days. And that was so <laughs> like, it was so crazy because I did it all by myself. Um, meaning like I didn't try, I didn't like tell myself, you've got to stop doing this. It just, I ate the food that fueled my body. And you see this one goes hand in hand with finding the fit to fat to fit, uh, doc or documentary series show brand drew Manning guy. Um, when I saw like when I saw them poisoning their body with food, something flipped inside of me and the idea that food is fuel, it just clicked. And so once that clicked, the food binge no longer makes any sense because I don't need that for fuel. And it just like fell out before I even had a chance to like wrap my mind around what was going on. So I just kind of like, 
came to in the middle of day three and recognized like, holy shit, it's been two and a half days since I've had a food binge. I think I'm going to like see if I can just make sure that that doesn't happen tonight because it's always an evening thing. And day three was successful. And I was like, all right, I'm writing this down. I think I'm going to count these days. And so today's day nine. And these, these days that I'm counting, like it's not from the perspective of, I want to be perfect. I want to, you know, like be the perfect picture of health. Again, if you listen to this podcast, you know, my passion is emotion management and joy and getting in harmony with our emotions. And I have never opened myself up to understanding how much the food we eat plays a role in our emotions and what they feel like inside of our body and the coping skills and abilities that we have to manage our emotions are only strengthened when we eat good foods like that one guy um oh no it was drew manning in an interview that i watched yesterday i'll link that one too it was really good um hearing him talk directly for an hour about his experience and this philosophy and everything it was so inter- so um i was going to say entertaining because it was uh, but just in informational, inspirational. Yeah. Anyways, the question was, how do you explain this to kids? And he said, like, when you eat whole foods or like fruits and vegetables, um, lean meats, lean proteins, uh, when you put that stuff in your body, it's like your good guys get bigger. I'm sorry, he started it with, so there's good guys and bad guys inside of you. And he's talking about bacteria, right? And all of the things, the microbiome that is responsible for so much of our health. There's good guys and there's bad guys. And you need both. They keep each other doing what they're supposed to do. But when you eat good foods, like whole foods close to the earth, you eat those and your good guys get bigger and stronger and they can beat up the bad guys. And that makes you feel better. And when you eat bad stuff like fried foods or, you know, preservatives or whatever the case is, when you eat that stuff that's so highly processed, it feeds your bad guys and your bad guys get bigger and they beat up on your good guys and then you feel sick. And when you do that long enough, it leads to so many things. Check out the documentaries if you want to know all the reasons that you should be scared about eating poorly. Um, But that's not what I'm about, you know, like the health effects. Yeah. But emotions, holy shit. Like as a chronically depressed couple times diagnosed as bipolar, like to see that the up and down in our emotions is tied to basically our diet, the way that we choose to eat. Like I was trying to cure depression while still eating the toxic crap that was making me feel depressed in the first place. And the fact that every time I sought help from like a psychologist or the doctor, they gave me pills. They gave me like prescriptions. And meanwhile, I'm still eating the shit that was making me sick in the first place. And so all of this has been, like I said, a transformation that I can hardly believe because like I said, I mean, as focused as I am on feeling good and like doing what I can to honor my body and, you know, be healthy in this life without, you know, being crazy about it and being hard on myself. Cause that just doesn't work for me. Um, 
I'm a naturally rebellious person and I will rebel against myself setting limitations on myself. So I can't ever do anything in a way that feels limiting. And this feels like exactly what I needed. I needed to be shown like the poisoning effects of fast food because I was still eating it 10 days ago. And I just, I, right now I can't hardly believe it, but it is what it is. And already it's crazy to me how, you know, like a week, eight days into realizing this and now fueling my body this way that last night I wanted to run up a hill eight times. Like that just like blows my mind. So I'm so excited to see where this all takes me and how it continues to unfold because already in the first seven, eight days, it's, it's transformed my entire opinion of food and health into, like I said, I've always been so focused regarding health around what I look like and what my body looks like and how I feel in my clothes and all of that. And this internalized the conversation into a place of like, it has nothing to, well, it has a lot to do with our body. Our body eventually shows us the results of what we're doing to it, but our emotions show us like instantly. And I didn't feel good for so much, a big part of my life. And to find out that I was doing it voluntarily, subjecting myself to it over and over and over again, like, yeah, I, there'll have to be some self-forgiveness that comes around that piece. Um, so that'll be a part of the, the ongoing transformation that I'm excited to get to witness. And in the meantime, I, if any of this resonates, um, you know, whether you're technically overweight or maybe you're a skinny fat person like I am, um, or was, hello, I like I was, and now I'm a recovering skinny fat person. <laughs> um, I highly encourage you to check out Fit to Fat to Fit. Uh, hopefully it has even half as positive an impact on your life as it's had on mine. Um, I am sending massive waves of appreciation out to Drew Manning and the inspiration that he follows to live his life as his authentic self. Uh, in the interview with him, if you want to check that out, he talks about authenticity, which I absolutely love, and how big a piece vulnerability plays in our willingness to get healthy, like healthy on a deep level, on a level that says like, I'm doing this for me and the good of my emotions, the good of my, my overall health. It's, it's not a vanity thing whatsoever. It's a matter of like curing depression and all kinds of things with treating our food like medicine instead of something to entertain ourselves by. So that is very much the transformation I am working through. If you have any interest at all, I encourage you to check out the description box where there are a myriad of other resources to expand your journey in this area. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. And until next time, dear friends, you take good, good care of yourselves. And so will I.